For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Okay, boys. Time to load and lock. And rock and roll. Episode 84. Woo! And man, I think that said it all right there. It's time to load and lock and yeah. rock and roll. That's that saying that we all say, load and lock. It's gotta get going. It's a real saying. Yeah, it's a saying that we definitely do. And that voice you hear on the other side, who's that? Uh, Hello, Governor. Pip pip cheerios. It's Patrick from Jolly Old London. He's got his catchphrase. He's super sleepy. Just classic Patrick over there. I'm curled up in my big dog bed. Super sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> he's got a sleeping cap on. He's got a little feather above his mouth as he like. Yep. I have my out. My Scrooge stocking cap on. Uh, I have my little tiny. Uh, well, we don't have you know electric lighting in the UK yet, so I have my little candle on a little uh, thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. One of those little handle holders with the ring on it and all that type of yes, stuff. Yes. My computer and microphone are running off of whale oil, I think. Mm. Yes. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. but not, not like not like the best. It's not sperm oil. Sperm whales, because England, they weren't so into that. They were doing like those right whales. <laughs> Terrible, <laughs> yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. Right. This is welcome to whale, whale cast. <laughs> we talk all, mm-hmm. all things whales. Yeah, man. Dude, that should have been uh, for Moby 2010, Moby Dick. Hey, can we just... Great. That's just basically just, we could just do the Free Willy series. That actually season, what do we got no, open? No, that was animals. Uh, we do have a season uh, set for that, right. animals, uh, where we're right. going to do a whole bunch of animals and whales definitely on the table because there's a lot of whale movies. Okay. There's well, a lot, you would say? Uh, I would say so. How many Moby Dick ad- adaptations have there been? <laughs> Very true. Okay, just take them Very right true. Uh, Dozens. Pinocchio. There's that one oh. with John, Jim Krasinski, or John Krasinski. Remember where he's mm-hmm. like trying to free a whale? What? I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, it came and out like a sequel to it as well. Yeah. Yep. No, okay, wait. so somebody mentioned this movie to me. Would this count for Animal uh, Animal Season? There's some movie called The Water Horse oh. with the oh. Loch Ness Monster in it. It's a yeah, fake yeah, animal, it's a tiny, though. It's like a tiny Loch Ness Monster. Hey, fake. It's just, uh, yeah, fictional, I guess, or myth- mythological. Yeah, but does that count? Or is that a whole other season altogether, mythological animals? I think it's going to have to be, because you think about all the snowman slash yeti slash dragon stuff. I mean, there's so many movies, and they're just, how do you even classify them, right? Uh, Clash of the Titans is that little owl. Is that a robot or an animal? What would we consider it? What? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what these words you're saying. I don't know. This podcast is going to morph into some sort of classification, tax, tax, whatever. Um, Taxonomy, (laughs) yeah. Yes. uh, Of of like (laughs) movies. Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Yeah, I did kind of miss, uh, I missed the uh, alarm going off. 
Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I'm sorry, Patrick. It sounded like you were really losing it right there. <laughs> I was like, we better, we better set this alarm off. I was losing the thread. It's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes it's good to lose a thread. Sometimes it's not. That seemed to be a moment where it was appropriate to set an alarm off to just yeah. let us know, get back on track, and talking about the next movie in the Jamie movie month. And I'm really stretching this guy. I'm really like stretching it real long, as you'll see for next week. Uh, but this week, I did. Uh, a little movie for myself um, because I had previously watched kind of in preparation for the idea of potentially doing this one, the first in the series, but this is a series of films, action films from the nineties into the two thousands, uh, mostly TV movies. And I knew it was just hilarious that two of the films in the franchise in a row, both were subcentric. So I was pretty excited about that. And so, yeah, I watched the first one in the series a while back, loved it so much that I knew it had to be part of the Jamie movie month. And so, Patrick, what did we watch, uh, watch this week? Uh, it's a little movie called Operation Delta Force 2, colon, Mayday. Mayday. So, Kyle, just a quick question. Did you watch the first one in preparation for this? I did not, but I really, after watching the second one, I was like, wow, I should have watched the first one. And so, you said... Most of these were TV movies. What? Which one is not? I believe the last two uh, were direct to video, not actually aired on television. But I, I oh, think okay. I think the first three were all TV movies. It's either the first two or first three were all TV movies. It's the first okay. three. Yeah. Now I mean, I I'm really saying yeah, I think that's right. There was a no, no, I think that's release. right because I, I think even as I was watching the third one, I thought, wait, did they really put this on TV? But that's a little spoiler alert for when we talk about the third one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the first two are pretty obviously like high enough quality where obvi- I, to me it seems clear that yes, this would be eligible for TV uh, and uh, wouldn't be embarrassing to air on TV. If I had stumbled upon Operation Delta Force or Operation Delta Force 2, I would have been like, oh, jolly good. Like I'm, I'm qu- quite happy with this. I will watch these explosions. Spoiler alert. Whoa. Yeah. So you didn't uh, yeah. watch it, Patrick. You did watch the first one, though. I did watch the first one, yes. Starring and you watched, Jeff Fahey. Yeah, you watched it way more recently than me. So can you give a, a short assessment before we jump into Operation Delta Force 2? Wait, assessment as in a review or assessment as like a, a little plot rundown? A little plot rundown and then just kind of your impression of it. Because I feel like our impression is going to be similar in the end. Okay. Um, so basically in Operation Delta Force, in the first one, Jeff Fahey leads the Delta Force, which is an elite unit of uh, the army, I think. Um, and basically, like basically they're, they're opening with training with the South African army because there's a, a offshoot kind of white supremacist, like Dutch nationalistic uh, group that they're basically fighting against. Smash cut Ernie Hudson in Mozambique. He's basically dealing with an, an airborne version of Ebola that the army has created. And then that's when the white supremacist group comes in. They snatch up the both the virus and the antidote for the virus, speed off. They call in the Delta Force, Jeff Fahey. He teams up with Ernie Hudson. There's some drama there. They hate they, each other. Oh, they're just really furious about it. And then it's basically at that point just a chase. They're ch- basically chasing to the South Africans' boat, which is waiting off the coast, and a ship, sorry. And um, yeah, it's basically just at that point just lots of explosions and lots of shooting and lots of kind of like w- mind games between the white supremacy, these nationalists, South Africans, and the Delta Force. And guess who comes out on top? The goddamn Delta Force and Ernie sure. Hudson. 
Yeah. Boom. And I will say no submarines to be seen, right? You confirm that. Yeah. No submarines. Nope. Just but a ship. It did, did have a train. So eligible for season two. Yes. Very Which prominent. Was, very man. prominent train in this one. Yes. Their train scene was also used in a later film as well. In that one. Yes. Hmm. Fun fact. Yeah. So, I mean, Ernie Hudson's a pretty big actor to get to come in for a movie like this, I would think. Yeah, and, and Jeff Fahey is even a bigger actor to yes. get in for it. Debatable. But, well, all right. Yeah, so it was great. I actually, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I remember starting it and being like, actually, this is good. <laughs> it's like, it's like a good uh, this is weird because it's good. Um, and I just, I enjoyed a lot of it. I mean, definitely it looks cheap and stuff like that. I do love that it was set in Mozambique. Like, that's just so good. And it tickles me so much that we have a movie set in Mozambique. And I don't know. It just, it, it really was great and got me excited for this one. So I knew for sure that I was going to include this. Originally, what I had in this spot was I think it's called Crash. Another one called Crash Dive, maybe. With uh, <laughs> wait, how many Crash Dives? Yeah, are with there? Eric Eric Roberts, uh, and it just looked like trash. And so I'm, I was much happier to put this one in this spot. Good choice. Yeah, I agree. Spoilers. Yeah, I'd say so. So, shall we get into it? Do you think, Kyle? Do you have anything else to to mention about this? Uh, this movie, along with all the rest of the Operation Delta Force movies, which I was pleasantly surprised to see, probably one of I mean, we've mentioned the streaming service many times on our show. Not a sponsor at all, but on 2B TV, man, for free. It's pretty nice to be able to watch them all. Uh, this is from, I saw 1997, but potentially released in 98. I wasn't really sure on it. Still stars Michael McGrady as the leader of Operation Delta Force. He is Captain Skip Lang. <laughs> J. Kenneth Campbell is our main protagonist. With the amazing name Flint Lukash. Lukash. And Lukash. Dale oh. Dye. He is the captain of the cruise ship, which we'll talk about later. And he is Captain Halsey Lang. Not to be confused with the very popular musician. Halsey. Yeah, definitely not the musician Halsey. Or it would have been amazing if this is where she got her break. Right. Uh, the well, only thing I'm, I'm, I'm very glad you mentioned uh, Lukash as the protagonist and not the antagonist, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be tempted to say, oh, antagonist. No, no, no. This guy is the best and he's the protagonist of my heart. So <laughs> Yes, obviously. Right. I know I'm just so great with words. So I always know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Well, no, you did it right. That's what I'm saying. Because Lukash, as people will learn is the greatest character is in so the good. history of submersion. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's like the lucky coin of this movie for me. Like, I just, oh, there's every scene. At first, I was like, this person's kind of kooky. Then as the movie went, I was like, this person is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Like, it's it just is, so fucking good. It is such a cut rate Hans Gruber. Like, it's some guy wrote a character just being like, Hans Gruber, but from New York, that's it. Was he though? Yeah. Done. Was he from New York? Because they said Done. like a Russian. They multiple times said Russian terrorist. Lukash. He had like a thick New York accent, didn't he? So did the other guy who took over the thing. They kept on calling him Russian terrorists. I think he was just a. I, mm, I don't <laughs> know. Knows? No one knows. knows. He has no country. He's just a terrorist. But they they come in the movie. They specifically say Russian terrorist. Terrorist Lukash. That's insane. I know, That's right? So fun. I mean, I don't even. Did they ever say his name Flint ever? No, they just called his first him name. They called yeah. him Luke yeah. Cash. Yeah, they're like Luke Cash. So yeah. I was looking through the credits. I'm like, all right, where's Luke Cash? And I was like, oh, Flint Luke Cash. What? Yeah. Why the hell would they even give him that name? So, anyways, we open, and where are we, Patrick? 
Uh, yeah, what the fuck? Are, oh, we're in Iraq. We're Iraq. Yeah, come on, <laughs> yeah. man. They're flying Which looks in. suspiciously like Southern California, but it's okay, true. Cool. It does look like a little bit, a little. I got a California vibe going on, but who knows about Iraq? Iraq could have a little California vibe here and there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, they're flying in on some helicopter. They're looking lean, mean, ready to load and lock and take out some motherfuckers. Not sure, <laughs> uh, but they're ready to crush some people. They're going in. There's like a little bit of weird like uh, dialogue here where they're talking about like was it people like the government leaving people behind or something it's very yeah. strange there's a there's a through line really odd. there's a through line in all these movies of them the operation delta force almost like rambo where they they're kind of complaining about the government a little bit and about how like they love the country so much but the government doesn't doesn't necessarily like reciprocate that love all the time and like the same thing happens in the third movie talking about the war on drugs where they're like oh we just and they may as well just be saying like oh we're expendable uh we're the expendables but they kind of like complain a little bit about, uh, yeah, what are they going to do? Like leave us behind or whatever. And anyways, what's, what's their mission, Patrick, in this case? They are there to, well, what? They're basically doing Rambo 2's plot line. They're there yes. to save some pilots who are yeah. trapped behind enemy lines and they're ready and they're, they're going to party. Let's party, they say. Yeah. So they jump out and basically they're doing a little reconnaissance and uh-oh, what do they find going on there? There's a, just a... A huge number of people there. Basically, there's like an alarm. They trip an alarm, and it, it's already gone to shit. Like they should leave, and they're ordered by headquarters, like get out of there. We're not gonna. We're not sure anymore that we'll be able to extract you. So you got to get out now. We're not gonna lose more people to be taken captive. Skip or is it Skip Lang? That's his first name. Skip. Uh, yeah. So Skip Lang. He's Skip like. Lang. He's like. Screw that. Uh, let's still go in. And a couple of people kind of are like, uh, are you sure? Like orders, uh, I'm not sure about this. And he's like, we got to, we, you know, when we're on the ground, we make decisions for us. And we've seen this in other submarine movies as well, uh, where they're like, sometimes when you have, you're kind of out there and you have a moment where you have an opportunity, orders are a little hazy because you have to, the people making the orders don't have all the information. You're the only one with all the information. So you do have to kind of make some, sometimes make decisions that may seem like counter to direct orders. So anyways, he's like, I'm, I'm making a, a counter to the direct order. We're going in anyways. And people, some, some of the people with Operation Delta Force are like, uh, yeah, super jazzed. And other ones are like, I'm not so sure. But they, everyone goes in, they start blowing things apart. I mean, this is a, already, I was sitting there being like, wait, this is a TV movie? <laughs> like, the yeah. explosions. Actually, way bigger, way more of this kind of stuff than the first movie. The first movie yes. was pretty much smaller in this regard. This one kind of blew it out. Yeah, the, the just, explosion like, budget must have been off the chain. No wonder they couldn't hire Jeff Fahey, superstar, all-star Jeff Fahey yeah. back to the they took all that. They took all that Fahey money and threw it straight into explosions. Right into explosions. Good choice. Yeah, and, and Ernie Hudson money and threw it into expo- even more explosions. Yeah. And they also had a really good uh, number of like military vehicles and oh, all yeah. that stuff that were, I mean, tanks. They had a helicopter, which yeah. when they blew that up, it was kind of funny to watch. Yeah. Um, oh, because it's just like, it's cause one of those like, classic things where it falls directly out of the sky or whatever. Yeah, it falls. And every time they shot it, they would just like zoom into this piece of metal that was painted like the helicopter and just like shoot <laughs> another bullet hole in it. You're like, yeah, you're not really shooting the helicopter. Right. And, um, it was a very impressive amount of explosions. And as you'd mentioned, this is on TV. These guys are drop, dropping F-bombs like everywhere. So I was like, what channel was this movie on? Well, so I think this one, because you'll, and, and you haven't watched the third one, I guess, right? Correct. So the third one, we get the TV edit 
on Tubi. Tubi TV. Ah, uh, right, we do. Yes. Right. <clears throat> and so they, they have all the, the cover. But it's true. All of these movies seem to have been shot with F-bombs everywhere. With I, I guess I'm not sure whether they just weren't sure or what they wanted to do, whether they're going to sell it to TV or release it on video or whatever. But yeah, then you clearly see that they how much dubbing they had to do for the third one. And it's nuts. So I'm sure on TV, the version of this was actually kind of stupid. <laughs> Probably sounded like real dumb because of how many F-bombs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so anyways, they kind of like, they do, they do their thing, get the operation. They, they get the people out. They're kind of running around. One of the guys who was actually the one kind of grumbling about stuff. Yeah. He stays behind and he is the one kind of defending everything. He's like, he's like laying cover with a big gun and actually gets shot. And so they, they get up in the helicopter and they're like, oh, we can't, we, we can't get him back. Like he's, he's injured. He's probably going to die. We got to leave him. And Skip Lang's like, not on my watch. Like we are, we are going down there. We're going to get him. No man left behind Delta force forever. Then he showed us tattoo. He pulled up his bicep and showed a tattoo. And it said operation Delta force forever. And I was like, Whoa, that shows. ODFF. Yeah. And he had a, he had a, yeah, he had a friendship bracelet and all kinds of stuff (laughs) to tell them like just how close they were as like a group. Yeah. How, uh, how dumb do you think that helicopter pilot pilot felt when the guy came in and he had just like a flesh wound to the shoulder? It was just like a minor wound to the shoulder. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good, actually. Yeah. 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 I don't know. There's no way we could possibly save him. (laughs) He's clearly dead. Look at him. He's like, no, I'm fine, actually. I'm still shooting this gun. Hey, 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 guys, I'm right here. He can't make it, but we're like right here, right on top of him. So, anyways, they head back to the United States with everyone. You missed What's the that? best line, which is, oh, man, you guys are fucking great. Is that, was that the, from the pilot? One of the prisoners said that. Oh, yeah. Well, it's true. Oh, I, did, I guess I didn't hear it because I was saying it at the same time. So I just thought it was me saying it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, and yeah, it's. I mean, he's just saying the truth. So they head back to the United States. At this point, we start to get like a bunch of intercuts. It's actually a little bit strange because the scenes with the Delta Force would have taken like an hour, whereas everything else seems to be taking a much longer time. So it's kind of hilarious in that regard. But Delta Force is being called in for a little uh, military tribunal of sorts. Yeah. Uh, they're being they're being questioned about uh, Captain Lang's um, kind of countermanding of the orders uh, at the moment. And the guy who was kind of grumbling was like, don't worry, man, we got you back. You like saved my life and I love you and we all love you. And they all like bro hugged a bunch and then they went in for the uh went in for the the hearing or whatever. And we do get one scene of the hearing of one guy just being a complete dick to this tribe. It's kinda of, kind of hilarious. This court martial. These people are about to like consider court martialing, like Captain Lang, and he's like, Sis, do you have a family? And I'd just be like, if I was the people on the thing, I'd be like that's not pertinent to this, so uh, no need to answer it. Uh, we're asking the questions, actually. And so I would just, <laughs> I would just sit there silently and then write insubordination. You know, yeah, exactly. I'm, at, I'm adding that charge to this one. <laughs> to you. I just like couldn't. It was really funny to see it. I was just like, wow, he has that's like a lot of a lot of balls right here on this guy because uh, he basically is like. He knew that there was like these people had a family and it's all about family and you got to like save people for their family. Do you have a family? Like, fuck you. Like to, to people who like run the military, uh, yeah. they're like generals. And he's just like, fuck you. Do you have a family? <laughs> I bet you don't have a family. I bet they left. I bet they hate you. And he's like, it's true. They left and they hate, they hate me. Um, you guys go free, man. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, whoa, they really, they're probably, you know, screwing themselves pretty hard right here because they're all probably going to get court martialed. At the same time, we see, unbeknownst to our, us, Captain Lang's daddy 
Oh yeah, and he's he, the captain of a cruise ship. Yeah, and his he's there with his wife and the daughter, and we get some. And because he so basically they were they're going to dinner. Captain Lang is like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go check on some stuff. He's gonna go up to the bridge real quick and just make sure everything's fine. But his wife and his daughter are going to go down to dinner, and he's like, I'll meet you down there. And we get some truly bizarre scenes. Yes. on this cruise ship uh, there's no oh, other yeah, way to describe do. it there's like everything around this like when they're in iraq and when they're they're actually captain lang comes back in for like the mission or whatever it's like a normal action film we have a long stretch here where there's a lot to chew on but i'm not sure it tastes good it's real weird like it's super <laughs> yeah. strange it's so like anyways, a, yeah it's like watching like a television film from the 60s where it's right. like it's kind of losing the thread they don't quite know how to construct like plot lines and it's kind of like all the garbage they kind of throw away or it's like a watching like a 40 minute um murder she wrote where they're kind of yeah. meandering around and you're like i don't get what they're doing right here but i guess we're going to get to the murder eventually and it was exactly like that. They walk in. There's like a big sign for Jim Beam. They're in, clearly not a cruise ship. They're all being like, I love the ocean. And it's just like these very strange yeah. conversations. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> someone comes up and is like, hey, can I take you to the table? They're like, where's Jim? And he's like, oh, he had a little. And he like pats his heart as if the guy had a fucking heart attack. <laughs> and the people are like, oh, that's too bad. Okay. Take, take, take us to our table. I was like. The person that you literally were like, oh, uh, where, where is he? They're like, oh, he had a heart attack. And you're like, oh, that's too bad. Mm. Massive heart attack. He died last night. It's too bad. <laughs> like, these I'm reactions, not going to let that ruin my dinner. These reactions aren't human. Like, these are not how a human being would react. <laughs> like, they're all like alien, weird alien ones. Because then they sit down and they're talking to this old couple. And the old couple, first of all, the guy looks like he's a thousand. And basically, <laughs> like, you know, what's weird is he then shows up in the third movie. So he continues to act like he's in the third movie. Whoa, this. He's really? a Holocaust survivor gets killed right right but then he he plays the head of the mob in the third one but we'll get to that for no that episode. yeah so anyways yeah like he already was like a thousand at this point he was a thousand and two when he they shot the next one so like he can barely act like he looks over they're like they're playing your favorite song whatever and uh, or hiram i think was his name right hiram something that and, something and he like turns his head and he's like oh <laughs> Did they find this person on the street or something? What's going you, on? You got what was happening in that scene, right? It was basically he, like all the people who are terrorists in reality right. are screwing up everything. They're giving them two breads. They're playing the songs all crappily. Yeah, they don't know they're, how to do anything correct. And they're, yeah, they're kind of- Well, they're not even playing up. the songs at all. Right, they're yeah. just playing yes. on a CD. And I thought it was a mistake. At first, you could see it where like the, the bow was way off of the violin. And I was like, oh, yeah. they screwed up the scene. But then it turns out to be like actually the point. The point is yes. they're not playing. I thought the audio was screwed up because eventually the CD skips. Skips. Like, what the yeah. hell is going on with this stream? Yeah. And I was like, oh no, it's actually going on in the movie. Yeah. And then the old guy gets up because they're they're like, okay, jigs up. Like we're, we're going to let you know. We're effing terrorists get on the floor and we get this whole scene with the old guy where it's like it becomes clear that he's a holocaust survivor and he's Just like never right, again because they zoom in on his hand because he like grabs a table and pulls himself up and his number is on there and yeah. i was like what is this gonna what role is this gonna play in this movie other than it just uh, the only role it has is that it says like never again, never again, and he like yeah go goes up and gets shot and basically he's saying like he was he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna go down with it doesn't matter how old he is doesn't matter anything he wasn't gonna go down without a fight he wasn't gonna be taken captive ever again so that was the like, there you go man yeah that's it right and there. so then then everyone's freaking out the wife is like hysterical the the wife of the captain and the daughter are like hysterical as well and Captain Lang gets up to the bridge and he's like. What's going on here? Because no one's around. And 
someone basically it, someone comes out and like uh, takes them hostage, right? At this point, yeah. it's also the weakest looking bridge that we've seen in any movie. It is just yeah. like a bare room with well, like if we were to make a really, <laughs> I mean, just crappy set. For well, like oh, maybe we maybe we we're hiding computers back behind here. I'm just saying that that is them. kind of what a bridge of a uh, cruise ship probably looks like. <laughs> you think so? Come on, yeah, it, it's going to be like blue. <laughs> the end. Yeah, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't question Patrick about this. This is his, his job is actually designing bridges of boats. That's his entire thing. Oh, knew it. Yeah. specifically cruise ships. Not, yeah, not yeah true. just cruise, yeah, cruise ship bridges of boats. It's like he's a design. He's an architect, but specifically for bridges of boats. Is this a yes hand situation? No, no, <laughs> I don't do any of this. <laughs> I don't do any of these things. All right. Uh, so, anyways, uh, he's taken captive, and then at the same time, somehow, because it's dinner time in Alaska, and then they're in a military tribunal. <laughs> or yeah. uh, at what time would it be? Like. Um, midnight and they basically they're in the middle of it skip lang's giving his thing he's basically like i've made the right choice i feel like i made the right choice and there's times when you're need to do this kind of stuff and blah 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 and they are about to like hand down their decision but they get a little note and that note says captain lang's need delta force is needed because there's only one team that can do what needs to be done and it's them they're at the top of the list yeah this is also the scene in which and i mentioned this to you previously it was the best thing ever they have a American flag hanging in the background of the court martial scene. And I only noticed it when they right at the end of it. But I was sitting there being like, that's a really wide flag. For some reason, I was like, why is the flag so wide? I don't understand. And then I started counting the stripes and there was like 18 of them or something. There's like way too many. <laughs> and I was staring at it like, is it just like a bed sheet that some PA had <laughs> to like paint? It paint? Up. Like, I don't understand how it happened. I don't understand how. Because later on, there's another scene where there is a real American flag. So I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand it. Crazy. And it, I, is and a, did, it is a mystery that I will solve someday. Yeah. I did forget to mention also interspliced with all of this was the submarine um, being hijacked uh, right. by our main guy, my main did man. Did you notice what sub it was? No. It's the Kursk. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, so it's basically it's a it's a Russian sub. They mentioned they keep on mentioning it's the Kursk. It seems like they're they're on their way to kind of be like decommissioned or something. They're, it's like something's happening with the Kursk, and so part of the crew deci- deci- decides you know the Kursk won't go down without a fight and kind of won't. Uh, we're not gonna they're not gonna go out like this. We're gonna have it go out in, like in glory, kind of. And so ha- they kind of there's a mutiny. They take over, and one of the people that. The kind, the kind of the guy who's like organizing everything is Lukash. We, we learned that he's. Uh, they know him uh, in America because he's a badass, and probably he has a bunch of best-selling books, and we'll learn about that later. It, uh, probably it just a, like international celebrity. It's a quirk of the uh, the eighties and nineties when you could be an international celebrity terrorist. You go, right. you go on television, everyone's like, "Whoa, Lukash! Wait. What's happening now? <laughs> He's still alive!" And it's like they're whoa. literally like, oh, "Whoa, I didn't even know he was still around." He's like a rock star. It's like, "Whoa, he hasn't died yet!" Whoa, whoa! Uh, He's like driving through the streets, people are waving at him. What's up, Lukash? What's up, Lukash? Yeah. And so he's he's just crushing it on on this boat at this point. And he's in communication with the cruise ship. This is the guy on the cruise ship. He's kind of talking to him, and they the whole the entire plan. Just do you want to explain what the plan is, Patrick? Uh, sure. Basically, the only reason why they need Captain Lang is he turns out he's a much like Mozart. He is a submarine prodigy, 
and he retired from submarining um, for reasons. Uh, Obi's his son died. Right. Yeah, his yeah. son so died a- in war. Yeah. Not Skip. Skip's brother. He died. And it kind of made him, uh, he became, he, he had a fit of ennui and was, became dissatisfied with his life as a submariner because I'm sure it's a very lonely existence for a family man. So he basically like decided, oh, I'll just do cruise ships instead. I'll like do a little choir thing. Um, and yeah, so he's kind of like cruising around on this cruise ship, but it turns out he's one of the best submariners in the world. So that's why Lukash needs him is they've taken out the captain, but they need like, a person who can defend the Kursk against uh, the enemy subs that are come going to come yeah. attack them. Yeah. So to, to give it, yeah, and he, yeah. So they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna use the cruise ship as also like a little bit of a shield. Oh, you, yeah, that's yeah. right as well. Yeah. So using that, they need they need Lang. They're also going to use the cruise ship as a as a um, as a shield because you can't really attack the submarine without sinking the cruise ship. So you don't want you, you know basically they just hide underneath it. And no one can come. Even they can't even really torpedo them because the explosion would um, sink and kill how many people on this boat? Over three thousand, baby. I'm like, whoa, that's a big, that's a big boat. That's a big ship. Lukash doesn't deal with small, small potatoes. Ah, uh, no. And so, uh, yeah. So, and just to kind of extend that metaphor. So basically, what's happened here is Skip Lang is more or less, or sorry, Captain Lang. Of this, the submarine captain, like he is more or less like the LeBron James of submarines, right? Yes. And then it'd be as if LeBron James Jr. Bronny uh, didn't play basketball, but instead decided, "Yo, I'm going to go play football." And LeBron no. James was like, no. uh, "That's a little bit of dangerous sport, bro." And Bronny was like, "No, I'm going to play tight end for the Browns. I'm going to get a Super Bowl." And he does. They they win actually six Super Bowls in a row. He's like the best. But then his little brother also goes into football. And uh, gets killed on the field. And oh, no. that, this is like this. What I'm saying this is we're just extending this metaphor out. And so then LeBron James obviously would be like, "Yo, Bronny, you let him into like we could have been playing safe basketball over here, just like living on our submarine basketball court." And so it's, they have like a little. That's risk exactly going how it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, I guess they. <laughs> and butt, basically, they heads, yeah. Skip Skip tells the other boys in the ODF that exact scenario. Mm-hmm. He says that's He's why like, we got bad blood. Yeah, he's like, just we don't LeBron, talk. But yeah, it's my like, dad. Yeah, we love we love each other, but we just don't talk right now, and it's because of this like issue we have with what happened to my bro. And they're like, whoa, that's a lot of drama. And so- uh, that's a lot of TNT in his drama. Yeah. <laughs> and so some something that amazed me here in this movie is like the ODF is on the way to the cruise ship, and I was like, man, how are they going to get on this thing? <laughs> you know, like it's out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> And then, like, with literally no resistance, yeah. they mm-hmm. fly a helicopter, land, like, and then just get on the ship. Yeah. Like, nobody even shoots at them, not no. once. And, and nah. if people you, are like, um, I think a helicopter just landed on the <laughs> ship, so maybe you should go check it out. Yeah. If you if you love this part, you'll love the third movie. <laughs> okay. That, I was, I was like, literally, oh, that was, like, that a happened. lot easier than I ever thought it would oh, be. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, they, they basically what turns out is, and it may even be realistic, what it turns out to be, and kind of the message of a lot of these movies is, like, the terrorists aren't very good at what they're doing in terms of handling these these large machineries. Like they're not trained on it, so they don't really know what's going on. And so, like on the ship, <laughs> they're like, uh, like a helicopter. <laughs> they're like, wait, is that a helicopter? And they're like, oh shit. <laughs> they're like, they're probably just bringing more uh, liquor for the bar. Yeah. yeah okay. 
<laughs> that's how a cruise ship works. And so then they then they land on it and just like blow everyone away. Like it's, it literally takes no time. And Operation yeah. Delta and Operation I keep calling Operation Delta Force. Delta Force just runs through the ship and takes over everything, kills the main bad guys on the ship. And Luke Cash is on the submarine being like, yo, yo, guys, yo, 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 you there? And they're no answer. And he's like, God damn it. Like, no one's as good as me, and I should have been up there, but also down here. Like, this sucks. So basically, they take over the cruise ship. They free everyone. They veer it off course, and the submarine has to, like, go on its merry way and go kind of, like, to phase two of the the plan instead of using the cruise ship as, like, a shield the whole time. Yeah. So initially, basically, Lukash is, like, threatening the admirals or whoever is, like, kind of in HQ, US HQ at the pentagon and he's basically like uh i'm gonna shoot the i'm gonna blow up this cruise ship if you try to do anything once they do anything he's just basically like blow up the cruise ship and the captain's like if you don't blow up the cruise ship i will just willingly like um commandeer this boat like command this boat and he's like deal so that's why they just kind of like then just veer of course is they're just like eh, we don't need this thing anymore it's just going to be a problem and I think at this point there's like an hour left in the movie, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was something like crazy long. I thought, okay, they've taken over the back the cruise ship. Like we're gonna be wrapping this up. <laughs> Not a chance. Well, it's it's re- it gets real. It gets kind of strange here at this point too, because they're kind of going along on the ship, and at one point they're like, uh, he's like talking to his navigator, Lukash, and the navigator, and he's like, "Is this the fastest way to go?" And the navigator's like, "Well, there's this other way we could go, but like." It's pretty shallow, and they probably see and it. And it's scary. And the captain mm-hmm. was like, uh, and he, he turns to like the, uh, Captain Lang, and is like, yo, would you t- go this way? And the captain's like, uh, yeah, it get us there faster. And Lukash is like, we're going, we're doing that. And they go, and I'm like, oh, man, what a trick by yeah. Captain Lang to get them seen. Right. Nope. Nope. <laughs> he just right. nails it. No, nope. sure. Now he's going to go straight to the base that they're going, because we also hear that it turns out that part of the whole plan very much in like a hunter killer type scenario is that the there's a base in russia that's been taken over by rebels mm-hmm. and that's that's part of the plan is that they're going to go down there those rebels are part of lukash's whole plan but basically they're going to go over there and start loading up some uh missiles in order to threaten because this is the, the larger plan the whole plan is to get sweet sweet cash because that's what lukash lukash cares about two things patrick what are those two things uh, cash. Yep. And literature, classics. Yes, exactly. You Renaissance it. literature. That's what it is. It's all. Yeah. He's 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 a bit huge fan of the uh, fan of the poet. Uh, and I, of course, when I say the, the poet, bard, you mean the bard. Uh, well, he calls him the poet at one point. <laughs> I was sure. using Luke. I was oh, using no. Cash's words. Um, oh, that's so. embarrassing. Uh, he calls him the poet, William Shakespeare, and uh, he's reciting things left and right, all about poetry and the bard and whatever. And Kyle, forget that. We don't need that <laughs> alarm. Like we're we're oh, going through this. We're going over. I know we're going over. We're going. We're going through this at our own pace. Uh, and so, anyways, he wants that straight cash. He's basically threatening the world. He needs twenty-five billion dollars in exchange for not blowing up everything. Easy to get. Actually, is I don't see why they just wouldn't pay it, but it's just money. Well, he's like, all right, I'm going to blow up the West Coast, <laughs> and I'm going to blow up Russia. And they're probably like, well, you can do one or two of those things. We'd be fine. That's why I think. I think. What if we give you half? I don't think he's a <laughs> Russian terrorist. I think he was working with Russian terrorists, but he is a celebrity terrorist for uh, hire, much like um, Nick Cage in Face Off. 
He's that celebrity oh, okay. terrorist. He was a celeb. Yeah, that's true. Great. You, movie. you kind of you hire out. Yeah. So, anyways, they're sitting in this base. They're getting stuff loaded up. They're just like kind of hanging there, and then so that's when Lukash kind of like throws sends out his like communication, and so the government goes back to Delta Force and is like. We have other people who could potentially do this. You're kind of the closest and also you're the best. We need you to do that. They're all, they're talking about like getting ladies, getting laid and paid. They're all ready to go. But then they're, they're going to Hawaii. Told, oh, they're going to go to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to Pearl Harbor. But then they're told, yo, we're going straight from Alaska to this Russian base. So best be prepared. And everyone's immediately jazzed. They're like, oh, fucking love it. And they get on this plane and off they go to go do it. And this is actually where I felt like this portion of it was particularly slow and just very, very odd like addition to it because there's so much action in, in reality for this whole thing. They get in a boat and they're kind of like riding around uh, the harbor where these rebels are. And my God, are they riding around forever? Like they're really Dude. in this boat for so heaven long. And then they go like at one point they die. Oh, there's a net. And it's got like mines on it. And they have to go down and, and they're like, they dive down and they have to fight frogmen while doing it. And like- mm-hmm. It takes like take a really long time, and and while I enjoy all of that, it's just like they were literally like painstakingly taking off these mines from this net and battling frogmen for a really long time. You talk about there being an hour left in the movie; a huge portion of it is them just infiltrating the base, dude. And also, when they're infiltrating this base and they're you know quote unquote sneaking in, they're not moving. No. <laughs> I mean, quietly. No, they're flying around on these boats. Even times there's like lights yeah, passing they got lights over them yeah, yeah. from the towers. And yeah. I thought, how? It's just like the helicopter. How? How is nobody stopping this? I don't know. The third one it gets it again. The third one is even crazier in this regard. <laughs> I can't like, wait. They're like can't flying wait. around in boats where they're just like, I hope they don't see us. I'm like, everyone can see you. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're like just flying around a river on a boat. It's like it's got a motor. Like it's very loud. Uh, and so uh, they. What happens here at this point? They How do they get like, inside the submarine? I don't. I can't now. I can't remember. Remember, it. they they die. They go. They through storm the, the base. Yeah. They so they storm yeah. the base. They kind of split up. At one point, they they're kind of like going around, uh, blowing all kinds of stuff. They at one they're like flying around in wires. They're shooting people while doing that. Lukash is around, and they actually corner him, and he has like a hilarious yeah. little scene where they're like, "Put down your gun, Lukash," and he's like, "All right, I'm putting down my gun." And then all of a sudden he's like, but sake. And he like turns around <laughs> and shoots one of the guys and then runs away. And they're just like, you guys are idiots. <laughs> like, he didn't even do anything. It's not even had like a hidden gun. He just like stopped putting down his gun and shot you. Uh, and so he runs away. He shoots like a, a actually a number of people. Uh, he shoots one guy and like the doctor has to stay behind uh, and not go on the submarine because he has to take care of a guy shot in the neck. Um, and he's got to like virgin. take care of him. Yeah, the virgin. He's got, he the has, virgin he has, took one in the neck. He's got a, he's not- got a yeah. The way you want to do things. No, no. <laughs> generally not the case. Yeah, that's not quite as good as having sex, probably. Hold Getting on, I'm going to take a bullet. Just, just put it in my neck. Right. And, uh, and so, the, but then they're like, okay, stay behind. And then like four of them, I think, zoom up onto the submarine, which is kind of great, and then slide into the missile uh, that's right. holes as they're closing. And like, that's how they get into the submarine. It is quite impressive. It's very impressive. Uh, so anyways, now they're on there. Lukash is feeling like he's sitting kind of pretty, I think, at this point, wouldn't you say? He's kind of like, quote, oh, yeah. at this point, he's like, originally he was kind of quoting poetry here and there. He ratchets that up. Like every other yeah. scene, he's like, espousing. at one point, and Patrick, both me and Patrick realized this, he says a poem, and I was like, 
that doesn't. It's like because it has like nukes in it. He's like, oh, and then it gets as cold as winter. And like, oh, I uh, want me to read it? it. Yeah, read it. Go ahead, read that one. Okay, it's uh, a. <clears throat> this is, I believe, a Lukash original. Petition the Lord with prayer, or bribe him with gold, for I am the Lord now, and nuclear winters are cold. Yeah. So that one's. Oh, so he's been saying. He's been Here saying real. He's been saying poems. At that point, I was just like. Did he make that one up? And then you search and you're like, yeah, that one's like, that's a Lou Cash original. <laughs> like that's straight up in his book yeah. of poetry. Yeah. That like, book's and that's for sale that, on Amazon for $9.95. So throughout this movie. The first book I'm going to release is going to be Lou Cash's poetry. Book. Yeah, Lou Cash original. That's a great title too. Lou Cash original. Um, uh, but like I was telling Patrick, like he's been kind of quoting Shakespeare and some other um, authors throughout this movie. And I felt like this was the moment where he uh, went from student to master. Because he basically said, I'm leaving these, I'm leaving Shakespeare in the dust. I'm ready for my own thing. And he th- throws out his own poetry. And then he puts poetry in motion as he gets the submarine kind of underway. He really does, man. Did yeah. you have the rap battle in your cut? No. no. <laughs> I know and. Um, I had a no slam poetry but. contest at the end. <laughs> right that'd be great for like the outtakes uh so i'm i am forgetting a little bit of exactly how everything happens on the uh on the submarine at this point can someone else uh, help fill me in on this one? Oh gosh uh, <laughs> oh gosh um so basically my notes have already ended but exactly um, uh, everyone's yeah. notes i think at this point we're just enjoying because the it, action because there's just so much action going on you're like okay eventually they do <laughs> Just take back the sub. I do remember them releasing all the prisoners, right? They find the prisoners and they, they release find them. The, they find the Russian captain. Right. Who, and the captain comes out and, and with, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So here it is. Captain Lang at one point, the other Captain Lang, the older Captain Lang, yeah. he kind of like runs away. Like he's like, oh, oh, watch right. this. And he like throws something in the air and like runs away. Like, get out of here. And he's <laughs> just laughing. Really funny. really funny. He flips his lucky coin up and he's like, catch that. And then he runs away. Well, he just literally just at one point, he's like, look over there. And then he like runs away. <laughs> and Lukash is like, God damn it. Because <laughs> now he's got two Captain Langs like running around all over the place. Uh, they go out and they, they start to like mess with the uh, the missile launching. Right. So they go over and they, they pull the key out of the launch. And Lang kind of like shit talks his son at this point. Because he's like, this is what you learn when you're on an effing submarine, bro. You can stop World War Three or Four or Five by pulling the pin out because I know where the thing is. And he's like, uh, Dad, guess who's here to save your ass? I am. So how about you respect Delta Force 2? And then they look at each other in the eyes and they kind of, there's like that mutual respect. There's like a twinkle of mutual respect at that point. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to protect this area with your life because guess what? This is the only, if they, if they can destroy this area, it goes back to there and they can launch the missile. And it's like, okay. And so Delta Force Lang is there and he's going to defend that their house. Right. Yep. Yep. And Luke Ash is running around at this point. Because oh, he's yeah. He's, he's all over the place. At this point, he keeps on getting like shot or like whatever. At one point, he's thrown from like a balcony, which is always hilarious on these submarines when he's thrown like three stories uh, down. And you think he's died. At that point, they're like, oh, thank God that Luke Hash, like, we don't have to worry about him anymore. He's dead on that ground. Look at him. He's got blood out of his mouth. And so much, like, about him at all. much like Michael Myers, he just, he just rotates up. And yeah, he just, keeps on get, he just keeps on getting up, keeps on getting up all over the place. And it's funny because he's always like hanging around. Like at one point someone goes around like, I wonder if anyone's around here. No, everything looks pretty clear. And then they just like pan up and there's Luke Hash like in the ceiling, like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, like, well, he's become like a monster at this point. He truly is like a Michael Myers 
uh, or Jason type character at this point. Mm-hmm. He just keeps them coming and coming, never stopping. Should have kept them alive. They put them in jail. I would love that. They should have kept in, them in a glass character. prison on a on a pedestal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, they uh, they eventually they do um, kill him uh, yes. during the last confrontation. The two captains kind of take over the submarine, and they have to do a little uh, trickery, right? Because they they everyone's not really sure on the Russian side of things on whether yes. the submarine is going to launch missiles or not. So like a, su- the, another submarine's there, and they're like, we just got to go for it. And so they, they start launching missiles. There's a lot of evasive action. And then I'm not really sure how they indicate to the submarine that everything's okay. They just kind of like just blow blow. their ballasts, yeah, and then they, they go the to ballast. the surface. And so then the Russians know. Yeah, but then again— it's like waving Launching. away flag. They were saying like, we're going to just show everybody where we are so we couldn't like, possibly be an enemy. Launching nukes, you also have to kind of go to the surface. Oh, plausible. Right? Isn't that right, Kyle? You got to be, you know, within a certain depth. Yeah. Right. So if so you were to dive they, really deep. So if they were going to, yeah, exactly. If they were going to dive, they were gonna like, dive okay, really deep, then they know anything. they're not going to launch missiles. But here they're going yeah. up to the surface. I'd be sitting in a Russian boat being like, are they going up to the launch missiles or are they just going up there to what? What's going on? And of course, you would go up there and see they like open the hatch and shit. But yeah, yeah I have much to learn because that did not even occur to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just didn't know. Come like, on, Patrick. Sometimes, sometimes there's things that happen in these movies where I just don't really know the thought process. Because once they blow the ballast, everyone in the Russian sub is like, "Oh, who? Right, man, guys, right? Yeah, right." And everyone's like, "Yeah, thank God." And then that's pretty much the end of the movie. I think we get a scene yeah. of him greeting his like mom and his sister, and they're like, "Hey," or something. I don't know. Uh, that may have been earlier, but that pretty much is the end, I believe. And then Luke, then we see one last, uh, there was a cutscene after the end of the movie where we see Lukash still on the submarine and he rises from the dead. He's got, he's like, at this point, he's like full on zombie and you see a zombie dick because that just <laughs> indicates you that he's still the captain of the boat and you ain't getting rid of him. Not now, mm-hmm. not ever. Lukash. Every single time I laugh at your dick jokes and I hate them so much. It's just They're so bad, funny. right? Yeah. <laughs> They're really yeah, bad. I, and, I, and lately I've been really forgetting about them until the very, very end. And then I just make up something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Such is life. Hmm. All right. Such is life. So now ratings. Kyle, what do you think of this guy? All right. When I flipped this movie on, I was like, I know the type of movies that Jamie likes. So I knew what to expect. But with this movie, it being a TV movie, I think this is like the quintessential TV movie. It's <laughs> it's just like straight action. You can sit down and watch it and not even really pay attention because it's just action upon action upon action. And I'm glad you actually mentioned Hunter Killer in this because the whole time I thought, wow, if this had a very large budget, I imagine... It could be like Hunter Killer, uh, you know, in that same vein. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, like, it is interesting. See that the team Hunter out there Killer, doing their stuff. Yeah, just it's interesting that Hunter Killer was made. As it seems like it was almost an attempt. <laughs> I it, thought you were just going to. No, no, no. It was made into the size that it was because it does seem like this a very very similar to movies a movie to these ones that I've been watching a lot of lately from like the '90s and the early 2000s where. To put to put a huge budget on them seems crazy, but they seem to have done that with things like Geostorm and Hunter Killer, all Gerard Butler vehicles. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, it just and seems you crazy. Get him yeah. and you get like Gary Oldman, and it's just like okay. I mean, you're getting these really big names to come in and do these movies, but in fact, Patrick, wouldn't you say that 
Geostorm was very similar to what was that one? Fallout. Uh, the one with the space station. It's extremely similar. It's almost identical. Yeah. I think and, if, if I were to pose this a is, positive and then this theory, is very similar to very similar to Hunter Killer. So it yeah. almost like Gerard Butler is going back through the '90s catalog of TV movies. It's probably what he's doing, and just making he's doing is just like a joke. He's trolling it. everybody. I have a theory. Basically, there's like a post irony. We're kind of like in this weird post irony stage of movie watching. It seems where they they're releasing things that are like Fast and the Furious twenty five. They're uh, they have a submarine and they're racing it, and everyone's like, "Cool, yeah, now I'm done. I'm gonna go watch that at family. You know, it's gonna be fine." And I think this is like one of those things where they're they're actually trying to release direct to video films as like big budget films and be like, "Will you just watch this? It's mindless garbage." And people haven't quite accepted Gerard Butler as the as the vehicle. Vin Diesel, yes. Gerard Butler, no. Like you are not you are not the one. So you're saying Operation Delta they should make an Operation Delta Force, but with Vin Diesel in the Fahey role. Uh yeah. Absolutely. And Fahey and should the, be the Admiral. Yeah. And then would we say the Rock is Ernie Hudson? What are we thinking? Ooh. They don't really work together. They don't they don't work together anymore though. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they don't really like each other. Who would be like a good, super strong scientist? Like an amusing, amusingly super strong scientist? Yeah, we should probably get back to reviews. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyways, uh, the action was nonstop. I think, you know, when they went into Iraq, I mean, that was just 16 minutes of just crazy action. Although there was this one scene that blew my mind. So the Operation Delta Force helicopter was flying in, and I mean, maybe they're 20 feet away from this giant minigun that the Delta yeah. Force <laughs> commandeers later, and that gun is just shooting at them. Going crazy. Going nuts. Cannot hit them at all. Not a single time. I mean, it's it's pointed directly at them, and I'm like, yep. I'm pretty sure they'd at least catch one, this right? Is the, this, is the, this is a theme with Operation Delta Force, because in the third they one, they're on a boat literally invincible. they are surrounded by people all shooting machine guns at them, and they're, none of them get hit. Not a single time. It's not even this boat that they're like 50 feet away from. None, no one hits them It's once. amazing. They uh, are invincible, and that's why they're called upon to do all these types of things. Um, we had a lot of sub-action in here. Uh, we didn't even really mention all of it that was going on, but there were other subs that kept being brought into the fold, and we had, you know, countermeasures and torpedoes launched and that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fish in the water, for sure. Yeah. There was even so, a wrench. Wasn't there a wrench at one point? Oh, yeah, because when he was going to defend that area, didn't uh, Lang pick up a wrench? Like, specifically, think, like, go and grab a wrench? I think he may have. Yeah. I may be thinking and, of Operation Delta Force 3, but that's going to happen. And so, I mean, this movie, for what it is, for TV movie, pretty pretty darn watchable. I was going to say good, but I'll use the word watchable. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a... I gave Hunter Killer a six and a half, so I'm not going to go that high. But I'll give this like a... Uh, like a five. Put it in the middle. Very good. Nice. Patrick, you want to jump in? Yeah. So I was trying to, I, I've been very off on my ratings. I feel like mainly because I don't, well, I listen to all the episodes, obviously, sometimes multiple times, specifically the Iron Man episode, but the, I don't, um, I still don't quite have a sense of like submarine films because I don't watch the films before 
listening to the podcast. So I tried to make a new, I know I tried to make a new scale for myself. So the new scale is I rate it on one scale from boring to exciting. Mm -hmm. And then on another one from uh, lots of submarines to there is no submarine in this film. Mm, Interesting. And then final one of low quality to high quality film. So on one hand you'd have like hunter killer, high quality submarine action, um, but kind of boring. So anyways, you try to, that gives you like a nice little cube. And then I was trying to like figure everything out. So to me, it was like a 7.0 exciting. I kept on bumping it up. I literally started at, at like 5.0 and then I kept on just changing the number until it was at seven because he just kept on saying like literature quotes from Shakespeare. And I just kept on getting (laughs) more and more amused by this care, this bad guy who is such a good bad guy. I was just so happy <laughs> that I had found this person in my life. And so I kept bumping it up. So I finally gave it a 7.0, which I translated into add one point to your, to your initial rating. And then I say the submarine action is an easy, this is on a 10 scale, is an easy 6, 7. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in Iraq in the beginning, and there's a lot of the court martial bullshit, and there's a lot of cruise ship. But 6, six submarine, that's good. <laughs> um, and then as like an actual quality film, because we've seen some real will some real trash on this um, podcast uh and i've i've watched a lot of trash in my day so i gave it a 4.0 in quality and that all translates with my mathematical brain into a 5.5 so i was quite pleased to hear that you gave it a uh, a five was that right Kyle? i did i did yes so, so five, all, five I think, all factors you're looking at are they equally weighted or do you give more weight to different ones no i start with a quality rating which in this case is a four point i would have given a, if nothing else if it was just like middling summariness and it was just kind of like a middling movie, I would have given it a 4.0. But then I bumped it up 1.5 because it had good submarine action and was a, an exciting film I would yeah. absolutely watch again. Yes. It's funny It's funny that you guys all landed in that spot because I was going kind of the same route with this. Originally, I was like, I'm coming in at a five. I'm coming in hot because – I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. Way better quality than you'd expect from something called Operation Delta Force 2 colon Mayday. Um, the first one was already good, but actually a little more boring than this yeah. one, I would say. Uh, this one was, was you know, kind of dialed everything up a little bit. I think it was a little less serious about itself than the first one. The first one maybe had some aspirations to be potentially released to theaters, um, but then ended up being on TV. This one seemed to be you know, solidly in the area of we're either going to video or we're going to TV. That's about it. And so they, they kind of went a little nuts, uh, with a lot of the stuff. And so I was just enjoying myself. And then with a lot of these films, just like, uh, steel sharks and stuff like that, I sit there and I go, this is kind of hilarious. I'm having fun watching this, but there's also got to be that extra little like factor to it. And with, uh, steel sharks, it was the magic, uh, coin, which I just, it tickled me and I loved it. And it was just like so funny that they even had it as a thing because it's so stupid and like such like a cliche kind of like garbage thing. And it, it was there and it distracted someone. And it, just everything about it was so great. And here we have Lukash and my God, I, I'm in, I'm in love. Like the, the character is like one of my favorite characters of, of any of the films we've watched for submersion. He is so funny. and so crazy <laughs> and just kept on quoting all this stuff. And he was eating up the scenery, just chewing, 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 eating up the scenery everywhere. And I just, I don't know. I loved him. He was like the way he talked, the way he chomped on like cigars, the way he did everything. I just wanted to know who, 
what other I immediately wanted to be like, what other movies has this person been in? Because it's time for the Lukash uh, cast where we just watch <laughs> the Luke cast. movies with him. Yeah, the Lukast where we just watch movies with him in it. Uh, cause I loved it. So he was kind of the magic coin for this one, taking it from where I would originally come in somewhere on like a four, four and a half, kind of like still sharks, bump that guy up. And I was going to come in five and a half, same as you, Patrick. Boom. I couldn't wow. do quite the six. The six actually starts to be into the territory of, okay, these movies are actually good. And you can't, right. I can't lie and say this movie <laughs> yeah. is actually good. It's not an actually good movie. It's, but it's really fun to watch way, way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and I would argue potentially, I haven't seen the last two in the series. I think probably the most fun of the series yes. from what I've seen so far. I will say I would have given it a six if it was wall to wall submarine action. I would have. That's it. true. Yeah. That's actually one of the, one of the problems with like, this one has a submarine on the poster. Third one has a submarine on the poster. Neither of them actually have as much submarine as you might think, given that, uh, what, what you see on the poster. Um, but they have enough. I would yeah. Say. All right, we're going to get a little trivia. So again, as often happens with uh, movies like this, uh, trivia is a little hard to come by because no one talks about these movies. In fact, there is no Wikipedia page for this movie. There's a Wikipedia page for the series. What? Yeah. Dude, get on there. Yeah. And then the third, the craziest thing even, so each of them have like little blurbs, like this one, for example, the the blurb says, okay, Operation Delta Force 2. Uh, this section is empty. Not actually true. There is a little bit in the section. It says, with global safety at stake, Delta Force, the world's most elite combat unit, is called to eliminate a dangerous international criminal who threatens to unleash nuclear terror unless he receives $25 billion in exchange. This time, the adrenaline pumps twice as hard as a team uh, turns up the heat with blistering action, thermonuclear suspense, and pulse-pounding excitement, exclamation point. And so they do give a little bit going on with this guy. Uh, but then the third one, totally empty. Nothing in that one. And then the fourth one and the fifth one get down to just being a single... Uh, thing weirdly only uh, looks like only the fifth movie has its own Wikipedia page. Yes, uh, I think it's mm, I think it's something to do with the straight to video. I think maybe the production company may have done it, started doing that. Mm, maybe it, it doesn't make also, any sense otherwise. It really yeah. doesn't. When you look at the, that that Wikipedia page is a stub. It, it's nothing. It's yeah. just absolutely worthless. The only thing I do know is the fifth one's supposed to be um, the most racist of the bunch. So Excellent. maybe that's part of it as well. Uh, actually, the poster even says Objective Bin Laden. So apparently it's about that. I don't know. Um, so anyways, uh, they're, they're kind of hard to come by in terms of no one actually talks about them, which is surprising because the movies are better than I think a lot of the ones that people do talk about. Uh, anyways, uh, I kind of collected together some things. Um, the bad guy is always chowing down the scenery by reciting some relevant poetry and particularly seems quite a fan of William Shakespeare in honor of Luke Ash. Uh, I will recite Ariel's song from the Tempest. Uh, you might just recognize it if you watch this movie because he says it, uh, full fathom five, thy father lies of his bones, a coral made. Those are pearls that were his eyes, nothing of him that doth fade, but doth suffer a sea change into something rich and strange. Sea nymphs hourly ring his knell. Ding dong. Hark. Now I hear them, ding dong, bell. And so you may also recognize right, that. Oh, first. it's just a snap? I don't know. It's yeah, I think you snap. And then, oh. very nice. And then, full, yeah, that's enough. Uh, and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and then full fathom, people who, who, people who uh, are fans of submarine films might even recognize that phrase full fathom five, which is actually a submarine movie. And we may just be watching it. In the Ooh, near future. We might be. Uh, this film is mentioned occasionally in some books. Uh, it was mentioned in the book Terrorism in American Cinema, along with the original. 
Uh, it's funnier though that they in real bad real bad Arabs, which is a movie, a book that I've mentioned before. It kind of chronicles all the ways that Hollywood um, has kind of slandered uh, Arabs uh, throughout time, um, and this one is called out in it. But specifically, the fifth one, uh, and interestingly, this one and that one were the only two really mentioned all that much. Or sorry, this one and and whatever, or the fifth one and one of the other ones. But the fifth one is the only other one also directed by the one who directed this guy, the guy who directed yeah. this one, Yossi Wine. So he directed this one and then the fifth one. And apparently the fifth one's like real crazy. It's about like mind control and stuff. It's like turning turning people into uh, suicide bombers yeah, or something terrorists, through, yeah. through uh, hypnosis. I too am interested in mind control. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of Steven Seagal, the 2001 Nas, a Steven Seagal film ticker, used footage from this film. And then the 2004 really? film, Airstrike, used explosion footage from this film. Well, yes, obviously. It's amazing explosion footage, so. Well, I would say also, I'm, I'd, I'm sure there are actually uh, probably several movies that use the explosion footage from this film. I'd be surprised if there wasn't, you know, five of them or something. <laughs> yeah. They spend the money and you know, use those scenes. Uh, and it's not like you can recognize anyone <laughs> running around. There are actors who... Look, could be anyone. Uh, the tagline for the film is twice the action, twice the adventure, twice the excitement, um, presumably in reference to the first movie. So, Patrick, twice the action, yes or no? Uh, I'm going to say no. No to twice the action. Okay. You'd yeah. say is he less less than twice the action? Same. Same amount of action. Same amount of action. Okay. Yes. Twice the adventure? Uh, I think so, yes. Okay. You say twice the action. Okay. Adventure what through Lou Cash's mind. Right. What about twice the excitement? Yes. Again, yes. I do think it is actually genuinely like there. The first one is genuinely, I think, kind of boring. I just think there was enough explosions, enough action in the first one to kind of match. It's just the kind of excitement and the and the adventure it that it was really excited, missing. Definitely excited me twice as much, if you know what I mean. Whoa! Uh, so picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> submarine terror in Norway, uh, which I thought was hmm. funny. It's called submarine terror. Uh, also funny is the star of this film, Michael McGrady. He's a Wikipedia page. But instead of listing the movies he's in, he has a section that's just called Selected 21st Century Filmography. So they don't list all the movies, just <laughs> the Selected 21st Century Filmography. Hmm. Okay. So what hmm. other actors from his Selected 21st Century Filmography would have done well in this film? How about Steven Seagal, Half Best Dead? Yes. <sighs> yeah, of course he would be great. He would be the leader of the, the Delta Force. Okay, good. And I was going to say, if you're replacing Luke Cash, I'm out of here. I am not. And not okay. by Steven Seagal. Yeah. What about uh, what about the Keech? Stacey Keach in Ring of Death. I don't know who that is. But you don't know who Stacey Keach is? <laughs> That'd be kind of about Keach, Keach and Keach and the gang. Okay. I'm going to mention multiple times in uh, Seinfeld. What Keach? Yes. You're talking about the Keach? <laughs> Oh, I'm talking about the Keach. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything. So. We have watched him on for this podcast, but that's okay. He was uh, in that one where they were trapped on the bottom oh, of the Escape ocean. Oh, Escape from L.A. Hmm. Was it, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He was in Escape from L.A. And he was also in the one where there was the submarine trapped off the coast of uh, Connecticut. What about the second man, hand man on the, uh, on the cruise ship? Yeah, I think second second hand man, or he could be like in headquarters. You know how there's all those old people in headquarters. Yeah, kind of like talking about stuff and like smoking cigarettes. Um, what about John Goodman? He was in The Babe, which is funny because it's not even from the 21st century. So I'm not sure why it was in the select 21st century filmography of his. He's obviously the father, the 
the captain. Oh, good one. I like that one. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That would be good. What about Nick Cage? So he's in two movies with Nick Cage, Frozen Ground and Rage. Rage Cage. Um, I see. You want it. You want him to be Luke Cash, don't you? You want him to do it. Maybe he can be Luke Cash's older. Crazy element. Wait, excuse me. But I'm thinking uh, Operation Delta Force Two colon two, whatever. Cage Rage. Um, Right right at the end, Luke Cash um, is in the hospital, like jailed up, and his his brother comes in, and that's Nick Cage. He's Luke Cash's brother, and they're they're gonna team up, take on the Delta Force. I like that. I like. I also like just like a, a pure reboot uh, or a remake where he's the new Luke Cash, and because like that's what they say. They talk about uh, Nick Cage as this this uh, this generation's Luke Cash. Like that's yeah, what, how he's referred to. What about this? Uh, a prequel just called Luke Cash. Nice. And it's about the rise of Luke Cash. He's the hero. Yeah, it's weird. Well, I think that's yeah. the movie of, our, or that's the name right there, right? Yeah. The rise of Luke Cash. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's too good. And then finally, what about Ed Harris? So he appeared with uh, Ed Harris, uh, I'm talking about Michael McGrady, in a movie called Monster Cop. And it's about a monster man who's also a cop. And so Michael McGrady, he played the titular Monster Cop, and he's a monster and a cop. So Ed Harris plays his estranged father who blames Monster Cop for the death of his other son. His other son also wanted to be a Monster Cop, but that is a result of trying to reach the necessary proportions of being a Monster Cop. So... He's like, if you don't, if you didn't lead him down that path of life of being a monster cop, then he would have died. But monster cop is like, you don't understand that I didn't become a monster cop. I always was a monster cop, right? And it's all very touching. And in the end, monster cop rips a horse in half. That's the end of that. Yeah. Uh, and it, it actually turns out, you know, do you know what? Do you know who turns out to be the bad guy in that? The monster cop. No, yeah. So it turns mm. out he's like he's the culprit himself. And it's usually uh, the, actually the end of the monster cop series is usually him finding out that he's actually the person who did the the thing. Because he's a monster sense. cop. He's a monster yeah. cop. I don't really know. I was just so zoned out. I just heard monster cop like yeah. 45 times. Yep. I, and yep. then you ripped a horse in half. That's, yeah. that's about what I took away. Well, but the, yes, I, I would put point, in Harris in You this. put in Harris somewhere in here. Is that, that's the point. Yeah, I couldn't tell whether oh, he's you Michael would be angry. You always get angry at me when I suggest he's like the janitor or something. But Or like the <laughs> no, submarine. That's fine. As long as he's a serial killer janitor. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know the, uh, maybe the, see, he's too small a part. He's not a, he's not a small potatoes guy. He's a big, potato but he could have been, he could be a big potato been, man. Couldn't he have been Lang? Like the, the dad Lang? Yeah. Dude, I would make him. Sure. But we didn't virgin. already make Goodman that maybe we make Goodman the Russian captain. He can, oh, he can get the bit roll. Boom, boom. Like that. Yeah, I'd tough. make him the virgin and people be Ooh. like, wait, you're a virgin? They're like, how? Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like just the idea. don't know. I do like the idea also that we've cast Steven Seagal as the main character and then Ed Harris as his dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seems doesn't like to seem like it works. I would, I'd want it to be Steven Seagal now. Like when he's in that, you know, whatever that karate tournament or whatever, where it looks like he just doesn't give a shit about what's going on. That's the Seagal I want <laughs> leading the Delta Force. All right. So. Do you want to hear my Phantom Zone? Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. Do you know who was also in a little Ed Harris film called The Abyss? No. Luke Cash. Luke Cash was. Right, Luke Cash was. I looked him up. <laughs> yeah, he, so he was DeMarco in The Abyss. So we have <coughs> one step from this 
directly to an Ed Harris submarine film. And from there, we can obviously take sweet, sweet Ed Harris and ride him straight to Phantom. Boom. That's it. That's all yeah, I got. That's yeah. Don't even worry about amazing. it. And that's using Lukash, my favorite actor in the world. Academy Award winning actor, Lukash. Lukash. Yeah. If you ever see Lukash in the street, I can't wait for you to be like, oh my God, it's Lukash. <laughs> You're like, how do you know this? Fan, <laughs> fanboy, yeah. You got a Luke Cash shirt? No, I'm going to get you a Luke Cash shirt. Nothing thinking about it. Is there a Luke Cash shirt? Hmm. Anyways. Uh, so I don't really have a game anymore because, Jamie, you stole mine. Just oh, wait, what? what? What was mine? What was yours? Mine was going to be Luke Cash's uh, a Poetry Cafe. And I was going to go through all of his, his poems. I only did one. I did Full Fathom Five Life, True. Life Father of Lies. I will, I will still roll through the other, the other three. So the opening one, of which he, he said the lines, For sweetest things turn sourest by their deeds, lilies that fester smell far worse than weeds. And that is, of course, by the bard himself. That is sonnet number 94. And according to Sparknotes, it is a very difficult sonnet. So we know that Lukash is a very educated man because not only has he memorized this, he also surely understands this and can deploy it against his enemies at will, which is quite impressive. So that's the first one. He, he busted that one out first. He goes for the hits to start. Thank you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> after that, he, uh, he busted out a little bit of a, an interesting one, which was uh, Dulce et Decorum by T.P. Cameron Wilson. Who was a poet who died in World War One? Basically, he wrote a lot of his poems like while he was on the front line in World War One, being like, "I think I'm going to die," um, and sending him home. And so, this one, I'll just read the the fourth kind of verse in it, um, because that was what he sampled from. Just you snatched the sword and answered as you went, for fear your eager feet should be outrun, and with the flame of your bright youth unspent, went shouting up the pathway to the sun. Oh, valiant dead, take comfort where you lie. So sweet to live. Magnificent to die. That's the one he... I think he uses right it to hand. inspire his troops, which makes sense. Hmm. Like, magnificent to die. You're all going to die. Thank you. We obviously... He then busted out, obviously, the, uh, <clears throat> the Full Fathom Five uh, Ariel song, which was also by the Bard. It was from The Tempest. Uh, scene two, act one. And then finally, before busting out Luke, uh, Lukash original, he, he had to do four hits, and then everyone said, give us an original Lukash, and that's when he busted it out. Uh, this one he did in Nursery Rhyme, um, which was by Christopher Morley, and it is, scuttle, scuttle, little roach, how you run when I approach up above the pantry shelf, hastening to secrete yourself. He said- Yeah, that was, so, hold on. Thank you. So I believe that was when he was rhyme? when he was creeping. Up, that was when he was yes. creeping up, and they like looked up at him, right? And he said, "Scuttle, scuttle, little roach." Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, and this is the Lou Cash. This is the classic education. I think a lot of Americans now are missing. So, so now wow. you can just watch this instead. Really, he truly is a protagonist. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my word. <laughs> Is that it? That's it for Poetry Cafe? Yes, that was the Poetry Cafe. I kept it short and sweet. You should have it. you should have done a Patrick original at the end where <laughs> no, no. Wrote, a po- wrote a poem about Lukash. Yeah, and then see if we could have like figured out, wait, was that well, actually- Well, it would be because uh, it would have just been like, 
Lukash so strong and lean. They say Lukash, you're. They why say you so mean? you're nice. I say you're mean or something. Oh, nice. Or I say you're nice. They say you're mean. Lukash terrorist. That's my thought. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Terrorist, inspiring terror, or terror, right? Yeah, all this is all very much. So I married an axe murderer. Let's go. Right. All right, are we doing a summary one? It's it's sub sub world world wide wide wide. Yes, we are doing a sub one, and in this film, all kinds of subs like randomly started showing up. Something that should also be noted: the Kursk. I want to say they referred to it as a typhoon class in the movie. Well, it's not actually a typhoon class sub. Well, so they they first refer to it as a Gremica class or something. Yes. Yeah, and then they say it's a typhoon class, and I said bullshit. You just said it was a Gremica class. <laughs> so right, but it's actually well, an Oscar yeah. class. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say because the one one problem ends up being that everything has two names because like the Russians have their own class names, yeah, and then we have the like we have the NATO class names for all the Russian submarines. Okay. As well. I and could have been, been right. Good pickup, Jamie, because that will come into play here in just a second. So, uh, about an hour and a half into this hour forty-eight minute movie, we get a new set of characters on a new sub, the SK five eighty-seven, and it is a Russian Sierra class by the NATO name. Russia, they refer to it as the Barracuda class. So, kudos. To you, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, I don't like it. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, these were built from 1979 to 1992. There are four currently in service, although one more was actually planned to be made, but it was canceled. And of the four in service, two of them are currently, well, currently uh, maybe going undergoing <laughs> modernization, but you know, Russia keeps a lid on things, Roman, so it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, who really knows? Um, so they've been in service from 1984 until now. Well, I mean, they're still presently in service. One thing about these that is very special is the hull is completely made out of titanium, which makes them very light and very strong. So for length, they have 352, they're 352 feet long. They have a beam of 40 feet. While cruising along, they can go 10 knots on the surface. 34 submerged for the Sierra 1 class. There's two of those, and 32 for the Sierra 2 class. They are nuclear-powered. For depth, I could not find any, like... Again, it's Russia. I couldn't find anything that, like, said, this is absolutely it. But there was some website when I was Googling this called nationalinterest.org. They have an article, The Best Submarine You've Never Heard Of, Meet Russia's Deadly Sierra-Class Submarine. From May of of 2019, says that this can go down to 2,000 feet. Whoa. And this also, this same article also said that the sub is 4 million pounds lighter than the Akula class, although it's only it's 10 feet shorter, but through that titanium hull, 4 million pounds lighter. 
which I can't even like imagine. You know, I started to put that into perspective. Uh, it holds 61 crewmen or women, I guess. Uh, for weapons, it has eight torpedo tubes. Four of them are the 21 inch torpedo tubes, which are also the referred to over there, you know, 533 millimeter. But then they also have four 650 millimeter torpedo tubes. I don't know why you would want different sizes. Because if you think about it, when you got to load ammunition and different torpedoes, wouldn't you just like them to all be the same? Apparently no, not. I don't know. I want them all. I want them all different. All different. So you're like, all oh, we can them. hold one one of each. Yeah. You got to load them. You got to have individual torpedoes for every single torpedo tube. Mm-hmm. That's really good, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially you know for like produ- production in. lines and stuff. It's oh, yeah. great. Anyway, it just increases uh, that chances of getting someone crushed by that torpedo, which is what we all want. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of torpedoes that could crush people because this boat <laughs> holds 40 torpedoes. Well, that's a lot of people crushed. It's a lot. <laughs> Figure at least two per torpedo. And right. that's the entire crew. They're all out well, there. They're all crushed by torpedoes. Other than the captain, he's up on the bridge. Yeah. He's like, he's taking the con. He's like, where is everyone? Uh, sir, they're all crushed. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Again? Uh, so, as I mentioned, two of them are probably undergoing modernization right now. However, the cost to do this is very extreme. And this, I thought, was really funny. Just one of the names of the sub is the carp. And I was like, oh, that doesn't really instill fear into your enemies. But this submarine actually, you know, has a, has a little bit of a history here. So, it collided on... February 11th, 1992, with a U.S. Los Angeles-class submarine, the U.S. Baton Rouge, in the Barents Sea. And while it was being repaired, they renamed it the Crab, with a K, which I thought was fun. That is fun. But later, they just... Switched it back for whatever reason. <laughs> what? Yeah. Changing change names <laughs> like, left and right? Uh, yeah. I'm like, come on, huh. crab's funny. That is, um, crab is funny. <laughs> so the uh, U.S. Navy actually said for a while, they said that, uh, sorry, when they finally admitted you know, that this happened, they said that the collision took place in international waters. And initially the U.S. said that there was no damage done to the Baton Rouge However, it was later revealed that there were like large gashes in the side of the submarine and they had to take it out of commission. And this was actually the first U.S. Los Angeles class to be decommissioned. And with this incident, uh, Russia viewed this (laughs) as a victory. So the crew painted a one with a star on the side of the boat, because that's what the Soviets did during World War II to show the number of victories for their subs. Disrespectful. Weak. It is. It's pretty crazy, though, to run one sub into another. But On purpose? Question mark? I, exactly. I don't know. No Freedom of Information Act request. Let's figure this out. FOIA. Russia. FOIA. We have a FOIA request to you, Russia. <laughs> they're like, uh, what? <laughs> like what's FOIA <laughs> exactly that's it man that's all I got for subs worldwide well that was great it's been a while Kyle since you gave us one of those so I'm happy about it yeah I know I know 
Get your tiny so baby. That's it. You guys got anything else? <sighs> Patrick, you have any, anything else? You have About anything else? Just in general? Come on. Just anything. in li- yeah, life, like whatever you want. No. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes.